0: Okay, go. Are you currently go. recording? Here we yeah, go. Yeah, down. Welcome okay, welcome back to the history of Rock. His no, name is Brandon. Down. Three, two, three, two. Welcome back to the history of Rock. His name is Brandon. He's the DJ.
1: His name is Shim. He is the Rock. Star class is in session. Are you ready to go? Are you ready? Are you ready?
0: Because this is like. I'm big ready one. to go. I'm ready. To, this is not the big no. one. Did you say this is the big one? No. This is like why? Because we're gonna spend the entire podcast. Taking a dump on Jane's Addiction because neither of us really like this band.
1: No, look. So as I was doing the research for this, um, I, I realized, like, I really do like Jane's Addiction. I like a lot of their songs. My my uh, hatreds a really strong word, but oh, they were so bad live, okay. so bad live. But we'll we'll right. we'll get into that. We've talked about it a little bit. Um, but this is actually really the first episode of the history of rock where we're not covering grunge. I mean, they were alternative. But yeah, they sure weren't we're anything near grunge, man. Like they were yeah. from Los Angeles and and um like the sound wasn't anything there, but they were highly influential. Um well, were they influential
0: it. in the alternative space or in general?
1: Um I'd say at least the alternative space, if not um in general as well, because they were really one of the first big alternative acts. You can also look at maybe like an REM or something like that, um that was able to Step out of the alternative mold and have mainstream success. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, but when we get into this here, do you know yeah. how many? Do you know how many albums Jane's Addiction has? I
0: I looked it up on Spotify. It's like eight or ten. The, studio albums, four. Oh, you're kidding! Oh, that's why. Okay, they cool. have a so, bunch of
1: live albums and compilations. And in all honesty, it's really just the the first two. And that's what we're going to really be covering
0: on these episodes right. of the history of rock for Jane's which Addiction, which is funny. Because the second two albums that have really great production are definitely better albums. Oh, see, I really, Like the man, first, dude.
1: I go back and I listen. On. I go back and I listen. Um, I listened to, so it's Nothing Shocking and uh, Ritual de Lo Habitual are the two yeah. first albums. That's what, as Jane says, Mountain Song, uh, been Caught Stealing, obviously their biggest hit of all. And for anybody who ever watched Entourage, yes, that is Jane's Addiction doing the intro theme song for... Mm. Um, entourage. I want to be mm. your superhero. That, yeah, that, that's
0: yeah. Jane's Addiction. Catch a little ditty. They that, get there. that that bought them houses, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that well, and we're going to get into money disputes and all kinds of things oh. with Jane's Addiction today. All However, right, let's before, do it. before we really get into this, I do want to oh. mention that we do have the merchandise available. You can go to vivalamocha.com yes. um, as we have done in the previous episodes. Uh, we can check out here if you want my logo, my merch. So you got the real brand of Lorient right there uh if you would like we also have just a standard history of rock stickers uh and then we also have the cross-eyed bear as well and there's t-shirts with all of these Shim loves the cross-eyed bear I love it. Um, and so you know the more that we sell the, the more merchandise we're going to be able to get we've talked about doing a shirt or something so basically we're going to have shirts and stickers for almost anything i would imagine that we're doing see look at shim got so fucking bored he left already uh, I
0: just realized my guitar isn't ready. Oh, uh, okay. Um,
1: so, yeah, so uh, looking into it, um, I, I think it's pretty much going to be we'll try to do a sticker and a t shirt version of any logos. We thought about doing one of, with like a Judge Doom sort of a shave and a haircut. Not yeah. quite sure how we would pan that. I got to talk to Charlie, who's the, the brilliant artist behind all of these these logos, by the way. But yeah, so we're going to be covering Jane's Addiction here um, for this episode and the next episode. And we've talked about Jane's Addiction in the past. Hasn't always been in the best light for Jane's Addiction.
0: He's <laughs> so politically correct with your well, new lighting and your fancy camera angle. It's like, you know, don't can... say anything, by the way. Dude, check it. Okay, so first of all, amazing.
1: if you're listening to the podcast on Apple or out. Google, you're really missing out. Because if you go to Spotify or even YouTube... You get the full visuals of what we're doing. Like, there's a reason that I'm, uh, as I'm out shopping around, my mom spends an hour on the phone with me as I'm talking to her about the things that I'm purchasing for the background mm. of, right. of my little home studio here. That right there, Ross Dress for Less for 30 bucks. <laughs> this nice big a- and it's, that's a nice Why did canvas. You tell us?
0: That's a. You, nice could said, you could have said, but you could have said, this is a pho- this is a photograph by uh, a, a very up and coming El Paso artist." You could have made up anything. You could have been like, "And I paid a thousand dollars for this, and it came with an ah, NFT." ah, ah
1: yeah, but see, yeah. that would be lying. And if right. I start lying about crap like that, then people aren't. Well, no, because then people will start to not believe the things I'm saying about guys like Charlie, who does these badass logos. So, uh, you know, you want to make sure that you're keeping everything true. 30 take care bucks. Charlie. 30 bucks. Ross dressed for last, baby. Uh, all right. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, it wasn't always in the best light when it came to Jane's addiction. Shim, I think, was nicer about it earlier when he was talking about... You know, what,
0: you know why I was nicer? Because I have less experience. That's why. Have you
1: have you never... Have you never seen... I've never seen
0: him live. No, that's not... Tr- no, I have seen him live. I've seen... <laughs> I saw Jane's Addiction live on tour. We played a festival. They were playing. And I was like, oh, and here's the funniest thing. I went to see Jane's Addiction because I'm a Dave Navarro fan because I like the album One Hot Minute by Red Hot Chili Peppers, which was the album that Dave Navarro was on. That was when I was getting into music and I was like, that's a great album. It's a very underrated album. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go see Dave Navarro play live. And then he's in Jane's Addiction. And I couldn't even make it through. And I'm, And the funny thing is, I'm side of stage, like a f- few feet away from him. And he's looking like Dave Navarro. And he looks like some sort of male model. And he's all ripped and shredded and tatted. And he's got to have, and it's freezing. It don't, is cold winter. And don't his forget, shirt's off. Don't, for,
1: don't forget the nipple rings.
0: No, and the nipple rings. And the nipple rings, it's weird because you look at, I, yeah, you, you notice them shaking. You know, like he's there <laughs> because he's, He's He's playing guitar, so yeah, he's getting booby towels because you're playing guitar. So you're moving your shoulders and your elbows. So the nipple rings are just (laughs) constantly bouncing, even though you're not moving, they're just bouncing. It's like some sort of like visual mind fuck. And so I'm watching them and all I can see is Dave Navarro standing there, leaning back, far more concerned with how he looks than how he plays. And he still plays amazing. And there was some woman who was next to me on the side of stage that was draped in scarves and some oversized hat and some drapey, flowy thing that probably cost $20,000, like whatever his model girlfriend was at the time. And it was so clearly Dave Navarro. And Dave Navarro's playing, and then the next person over is some guy going, ah, ah, ah. And it's fucking Perry Farrell just wailing uncontrollably into a microphone that he's like, Ah, oh, I, mean, I was going to make a circle jerk reference, but yeah, and that was kind <sighs> of my experience
1: when right. I saw them. Where I was, uh, I you know, we were in New Orleans. It was Voodoo festivals over Halloween. It was super cool. It had this like really cool vibe to it, being in New Orleans over Halloween. And and uh, Jane's Addiction was the headliner at one stage. Kiss was the headliner at another stage, um, where Kiss was actually playing after Jane's Addiction. I remember standing in ankle deep mud. And it was the same thing where it's just Dave Navarro. He wasn't even playing a solo. It just felt like he would play a, a note and then hit like a whammy bar and then just right. And I'm like, <laughs> "Fuck, I could do that." Like that's like, that's not that's not talent. Like, no no, like no, no, no. Don't no, get Dave. me wrong. Like Navarro is an amazingly talented guitarist. But he's, as I'm yeah. watching that, I'm like, I could do what he's doing, and then exactly. Exactly what you just described, Perry Farrell doing. He did that for about fifteen goddamn minutes. Ankle deep bud.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I like, play Jane <laughs> <sad."> <laughs> "Been caught
1: stealing." Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, I know your catalog's not the like the largest of all time, but you got to spend fifteen minutes doing that.
0: Yeah, so yeah. Anyway. It's um. No, here is the thing, and this is a dissertation, dissertation, dissonant desertion wow. that people should make. Just because you don't like part of a band doesn't mean you don't like a band. Yeah. Just because you don't like. And this is the thing that bugs me about, dude, I watched The Voice recently. So and I I, I was watching and don't get me wrong, I don't, I don't choose to watch it, but I was watching the show because I was in my uh, parents in law's house. They put it on. Cool. Watching it an hour, not a single negative comment, not a single negative comment. Every single comment was this is amazing and that was amazing too. And this was a thing that I didn't think was going to be amazing, but it was amazing also. And you look great while you're doing these amazing things. And I was like, fucking Jesus. So the fact that we, it's, I want to make the discernation that if we say we don't like Jane's Addiction, doesn't mean I don't love Dave Navarro. He's one of my favorite guitar players. And I love the fact that he looks like a rock star when he plays. I also make a bit of fun of it. Same way people make fun of me for fucking singing with my tongue sticking out. Like I'm anyway, yeah, and like fucking deal with it. So but like just because you like Dave Navarro doesn't mean you have to like Jane's Addiction. So this is going to be a very interesting couple of podcasts about Jane's Addiction because I love Dave Navarro as a guitar player. One of my top five ever because he was one of the ones that I copied when I was learning because One Hot Minute was one of my first albums. I didn't know he was in Jane's Addiction, and then I heard Jane's Addiction, and I was like, "Damn!" So you can be a great player in a shit band. Grilled Chili Peppers, smokes Jane's Addiction.
1: Yeah. See, for me, I I listening to these two albums as I was prepping for this podcast. So we're really covering the first two here for uh, Jane's Addiction, not not the later albums, we'll mention them at the end. But the, the the coverage of these couple of episodes are about nothing shocking that was the first album uh and then of course you have uh, ritual de lo habitual which was the second album that had been caught stealing i love some of the songs on there like right. jane says i freaking love that song like that the way that they incorporated the steel drums and we're going to get into that in the episodes as well um, yeah. mountain song i've got a funny story about that but even uh, Ben Cot stealing i remember was a, a um a video that i would wait around on mtv to hear yeah yeah. But then, when you man, had but when that. I saw that, by, like, and 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 a bunch of negative experiences with Perry Farrell. Now, it, for anybody who doesn't know, he's just he's a dick. Like he's just an asshole. Um, and like, there was one time a friend of mine who was working in radio. They went to interview him, and he was like, "Oh, that's radio. Fuck those guys. Who needs them?" And I was like, "Oh, you're an asshole, sir." <laughs> well, I mean, he kind of admits it. Like later on in this podcast, we're gonna get to to all of these things about the band. So we're just gonna dive right in here, where we have the band's existence, uh, existence. They started in 1988. They so they went from 88 to 91, took a break, came back in like 1997. Then they came back from 2001 to 2004, and then now they've been around from kind of 2008 to present. And we're gonna get into the whole issues of why they were breaking up. But the current well, I think we know the current iteration of the band. It's Perry Farrell obviously lead vocals, Dave Navarro on the guitar, Stephen Perkins on the drums. Those were all. Basically, the original band members. There's a couple of guys that were swapped out. Or, like, Navarro wasn't technically the first guitar player for Jane's Addiction. Uh, and the current uh, bassist is Chris Chaney, but the one that we're going to be really talking about is going to be Eric Avery, going back to the, the beginning of. Um of uh, of Jane's Addiction, so the band they were mm. formed in uh, t- actually 1985, and it was one of the first bands from the alternative rock movement to gain mainstream media attention and commercial sex success, success sex, and <laughs> that, that as well in the United sex. States. Well, yeah, and that's there, mean, there's David there's Mavara. there's two major underlying themes of a lot of Jane's Addiction stuff: it's drugs and sex. Yeah, so they're the epitome of drugs, sex, and rock and roll, I guess.
0: But I was going to say, there's a lot of drugs, a lot of sex, not too much. Rock and roll. Wow. There was technically a self wow. come on. There was technically a self-titled album that was released before nothing's shocking. It was an eponymous, eponymous This is eponymous. gonna be the podcast where Shim can't say words. Eponymous album. What the fuck does that even mean? It means it was tell self-titled. me in a second. It's self-titled. Just say self- never mind. Including live tracks that were recorded at the Roxy Theater in LA with additional overdubs recorded at the Edge Studio in LA. And audience applause from a Los Lobos concert was overlaid into the final mix, so that's not a live album. Not really. That's not live. I mean, yeah, not really. I mean, that's it was, that's, a that's I mean, like- it was
1: it was portrayed that way. It was produced kind of like that. Um, So the band They got their name From Farrell's housemate Jane Bainter And she's obviously Going to come up a lot Hence Jane's addiction Jane says We're going to get to that as well Uh, Who is the muse And inspiration Farrell said that Quote My girlfriend and I Were sitting in the car And we were starting to And we started to think About band names She threw in Jane's heroin experience (laughs) I thought it wasn't vague enough If you want to invite people in You don't put heroin On your door Which makes
0: sense that's actually a good way to put it. You don't put heroin on your door. You will invite people, just the wrong ones.
1: Well, but then also, like, you know, that that by having it more vague, I think if you go with Jane's heroin experience, that would be a bit of a turnoff for more of the mainstream stuff, Where you just call it- Yeah, Jane Jane's addiction. addiction
0: is a nice, yeah. Jane's addiction is Because you can be addicted great... to a lot of different things. Maybe she was addicted- And to you camping. can be a dick, just like
1: Perry, Perry. Perry. Anyway,
0: so, but I hear, fun fact, 30 second fun fact about um, getting the wrong people coming to your door. When I first moved into my own place, I lived on a a little place that was on a main, main road, a highway, right? So that's why I got it for cheap. And I decided that it would be cool to put a red light in my bedroom because if I get up and I have to go to the kitchen or the bathroom, I'll turn the red light on and it won't wake me up. It was very utility-based. Didn't realize at 18 years old that every taxi driver driving on the freeway was driving past a house with a red light out the front. So I had people coming and knocking on my door between midnight and six in the morning, thinking I was running a brothel. Yeah. This, so it this happened more than once? That's, uh, it people didn't were... occur to me. It didn't occur to me until a couple of months in because they would come, it'd be like once a week, once a, once every two weeks, uh, a guy would knock on the door. It was always a cab driver. And he would knock on the door. I'd open it like, what the hell? And he'd just look in and he'd go, oh, sorry, and walk away. Like that was it because he'd realized no this is not the place that i thought it was but after a couple of months i'm like dude i keep getting these cab drivers knocking on my door like like maybe someone's pranking me and someone eventually clued in was like do you still have that red light out the front of in your room like an idiot i said yeah it's really helping when i have to get up and go to the kitchen or the bathroom said yeah they think you're running a brothel and it immediately i went that's of course that's exactly what it is but uh yeah i could have i could have made bank anyway um what, how did you never come like okay so at, well, maybe you did
1: did you ever think of naming a band or even an album or a song called red light district I no mean, after that experience never thought that, of that, that didn't click yeah. in your
0: head at all red the red light mistake Ooh, the red light fiasco the red light mistake you could actually red light.
1: An, you could do an entire album
0: a, yeah that
1: has red light, the light we,
0: mistake it could be red light taxis <laughs> Yeah. We taught we, we, we did a tour with a band called the Red Light Kings. And they're a good band. And I remember thinking when I when we did a tour with them, I was like, Oh, that reminds me of that time that I accidentally tried to start running a brothel. Did you ask um, them about how they came up with their name? No, I figured they I figured that it was pretty self explanatory. Yeah, well, you never know. So anyway, going back to Jane's addiction, they became a sensation. Really? A sensation. On the L.A. club scene,
1: look just primarily. Because, look just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's not true.
0: I didn't say it's not true. I said it's not justified. I didn't even say it's not justified. I'm insinuating uh, that it's anyway. Yeah, they became a. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be. Look, this is what you tune in for. If Dave's listening, I love you. If Perry's listening, stop listening. They became a no, sensation if on the L.A. Keep listening. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> they became a sensation in the L.A. club scene, primarily playing at Scream and playing at scream what the scream fuck was mean? the club and had got it and had interest from multiple labels they ended up signing with warner brothers records but they insisted that their debut be released on independent label triple x records their manager negotiated the largest advance up to that point with warner brothers signing the band for between 250 and fifty and three hundred thousand dollars. 300 dollars, 30 years ago yeah that's like two mil damn so you would okay. say that that's worthy of a sensation, then, right?
1: I shut up. <laughs> Just saying, see, look, and I can, I can, like, okay, I'd say, I, I, like, a I poke phone at Perry Farrell and... in you poke,
0: don't poke phone, poke phone, poke phone,
1: phone, phone, Farrell, because I can't talk right now. But in all honesty, like, I would legitimately like to sit down and talk to the guy because he seems to be one of those people that would be a fascinating interview if he's not being a dick.
0: You know what right. I mean?
1: Like, yeah. I, I kind of get the same vibe from Maynard James Keenan. And in, in, given the right settings and having him able to open up about certain things would be a fascinating interview. But I've known people mm-hmm. who have interviewed Maynard and they're like, he was an asshole. It was yes or no right. answers all of the goddamn time. And it got to well, the point where there are people like, well, we're just not going to
0: interview him anymore, which I think is kind of his, his end. What he wants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what he wants. Well, here's the thing. I think that. Have you ever seen, for example, uh, Maynard, Maynard did an interview with uh, Joe Rogan? Yeah, and that was a very, but they didn't talk about music. Yeah, no,
1: that's I see, and, why. That's, and there's people. It's, I mean, it reminds me of. I don't even remember what it was for. It was, I think it was for like a radio station's YouTube channel or something like that, and they had yeah. Billy Bob Thornton on there, and I don't even remember what his band name is, but it was his band was there to perform and do a quick interview, um, right. quick interview like thirty minutes something like that, but. They mentioned, hey, uh, you know, and you know, you'd know, you know him from his acting, you know, Sling Blade and, and things yeah. like that. It's Billy Bob Thornton. And he got so fucking bent out of shape that they brought up his yeah. acting career. And the hosts were like, well, wait a minute. Like, we need to present you as you. You're not just Billy Bob Thornton, the musician right now. You are always Billy Bob Thornton and the actor. If you didn't want to yeah. be known for the acting, don't fucking do it. Yeah. And and, yeah. and that's, that's always kind of stuck with me a little bit because... Did- you hear Did they say
0: that live on the air?
1: They didn't say the full part live, but they did say essentially as you know, they were they were nicer where they were like they're yeah. they're trying to kind of keep tensions down so they could continue the interview and they were saying, you know, like look, we're trying to present you as Billy Bob Thornton and you the actor is a part
0: of who you are. Yeah, yeah. And that was it's, I mean it's it's, diff- th- it's it's different than yeah, it's it's bullshit. It's bullshit. It's
1: well, like- there was um <laughs> gosh, it was it was About a few years ago, was we were on the morning show. This audio hit the internet from a a radio station. I think it was a sports station. So Mia Khalifa is this world famous porn star, and she was trying to transition from essentially, pardon the crudeness of this, taking dick to like talking about sports. Like she she tried to make that transition, and I guess she was on this one sports radio show to talk about sports but they introduced her as you know porn star or adult actress or whatever it was and she lost her shit and hung up in like the first 60 seconds and it's like look you did that yeah that's kind of how people know who the hell you are like you haven't made it 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 on the sports reports yet
0: so yeah it's it's different if like if you're using your notoriety to get to the next platform, then you have to take what comes. Yeah. Otherwise you quit, you start from the ground level and you rebuild. And then That's usually it. what happens is people will go, Oh, I didn't know you were an actor, Billy Bob Thornton. No, I haven't done it for five years. I had to stop so that I could focus on this. Yeah, middle Like middle no middle one in I, I did child acting for years middle as a kid. Yeah. I, 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 I know I'm no, oh, we don't. they're gonna they're gonna stop. They're gonna stop listening to us immediately. I don't know what you're so about. I I was I, I paid for the band stuff being a child actor when I got over to the States, did the band for years. Every once in a while someone would go, oh, that was a great show, man. You'd be a good actor. You ever thought about doing that? I'm like, yeah, I used to. I stopped so I could focus on the band. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. Or you do a Jared Leto and you go, I'm a movie star. Invite me into your studio because I've also got a band. Oh, cool. So here's Jared Leto from this movie, that movie, this movie, and you got a song. Yeah, thanks for having me in. Jared Leto was the opposite. He knew exactly what the fuck he was doing. Yeah, he did say it. thanks for what having it, me in. Well, it helps that he's got yeah, a good band, band
1: too. Like he's got a pretty, does help pretty as well. damn, goddamn good band to listen to. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, just it, it was always weird for me um, when it came to interviews like that. It was just you know whatever. We'll get back in here. So for uh, not talking me, about dick
0: rock stars who are dicks that's what this podcast is going to be called. well yeah it's rock stars who are dicks and, we, we, we've and,
1: and, we've and people very who take about dick Jane's and want addiction. to get into sports yeah. all of a sudden I guarantee, look I guarantee the oh, only reason <laughs> that that sports station was even having her on is because of name uh, notoriety that's it I know. so to get yeah. that bent so she's the one I think she's the one that had her boob hit by a hockey puck and it actually exploded her tit implant oh oh <laughs> I didn't know that was a I think, thing that could I happen. think I think when this episode's over, hold on. This is going to be This the is clip. twice I've written tit down on my note sheet for today. Oh yeah, uh, no, so no, no nipples, nipples nipples was the other one. <laughs> <laughs> because I made a note of Dave Navarro's nipples.
0: <laughs> yeah, I- Christ. All right. We're, we're really, on point we're three. We're up to point three of Janet's right. Addiction. Strap so, in, ladies all right, and gentlemen. So, okay. So
1: here's when we start to really get the, the turmoil of the band here. So for nothing shocking, that was their first studio album. Uh, Farrell stated that he wanted 50% of the band's publishing royalties for writing the lyrics, plus a quarter of the remaining for writing music, giving him 62.5%. Does that sound odd to you?
0: Yeah. That's, or does it that's sound odd. high? No, it sounds odd. It's um it's unfortunate that the reason that people think lead singers are dicks is because some lead singers do this. It's not uncommon for well, it's not un it's it's happened before that a singer will go, all right, I'll take the percentage for the lyrics because we've decided I only write the lyrics and then you guys split the music. But it's or or you be like, fucking you put it all in or you say, look, there's a million ways to spit publishing, but it always turns into a problem if there's more than one person in the room that considers themselves to write. If three other people go, we don't write, we understand, take it. Or we don't write, give us 20% to split up to be cool. Or we don't write, how about you split it evenly so we can have a long career because that's going to cause less animosity. Well, You can cut it up any way you want, but yes, that's that's not going to go down well.
1: Yeah, so he wanted 62.5%. It did uh, cause animosity. The rest of the band was stunned by the demands. Producer Dave Jordan, who produced the album, he showed up at the studio one day to find Farrell, Navarro, and Perkins leaving. Farrell told him the band was breaking up and there would be no record. So, of course, Warner Brothers calls an emergency meeting to resolve the situation in the end. Farrell got what he wanted and Avery, the bassist, uh, he said that that event definitely caused an internal fracture
0: within the band. Yeah, that's on point with personality. Everything you hear about Farrell and then you go, oh, he did this. Well, that makes sense based off everything else you heard. And don't get me wrong, the math adds up in theory. The problem is you got all these variables. Did Perry Farrell ever go to the band and say, I feel like I'm writing all the lyrics and I should have this. Can you guys help me out with the lyrics? Why didn't you get involved? And then the band would uh, go.
1: from everything that I have researched, is that, and, and we'll get into like there was one of the songs that um, I can't remember who if it was Avery or Perkins refused to play on because Pharrell was so demanding about how the songs needed to be put together. Is there's no way that he was like, hey, do you guys want to uh, chime in on these lyrics?
0: Like, there's no, no. fucking way he would have done that. Yeah, no. And that's my point. It's like, that's why you can understand why a guy would get led to 50% of the lyrics because I write all that. But I also am involved in the music. But do you play? Or are you just a band member? So you want the music as well? So it's just it's not very holistic. And it's clear. It's like, well, you know, hire some guys, man. Do that. Hire some guys, write your songs, or hire someone to come and play guitar and then give them some cash and say, Okay, I own that part. Now, like, there's a million ways to cut it. There's a million ways to do it. It's just like, Do you want to be Jane's Addiction or do you want to be the Perry Farrell band? And being in a band with a guy that's like, I want it to be the Perry Farrell band sucks. It's not fun. So going back to the next note, shortly after this, shock horror, Farrell and Avery had a falling out. Avery was recently sober, but prior to his sobriety, Farrell believed Avery had drunkenly tried to pick up his girlfriend. So now this is great. This is everything wrong that can happen in a band. You start with ego of publishing and money then you go into ego with sex and all the bullshit that comes along with that and then what's the last thing oh well no music and money you he's done it all at the beginning normally yeah. this shit comes up incrementally yeah. throughout a band's career
1: this <laughs> is all yeah this is all before the uh the first album before, before the first, well, first album. album was even released
0: Fucking, well. so uh
1: sticking with uh, nothing shocking track seven that's mountain song that's the one that starts with the uh, comment and then it goes under the guitars. Um, so uh, when I was in radio broadcasting school, there was a guy that I went to school with. His name was Eric Roberts. He was a cool dude, but he just he didn't grasp the technical aspect when it came to a lot of things. And he... I can't remember what his role was for the station, but he was on the staff, and we worked with one of the local uh, ski lodges to do ski reports. And he had, I guess for years he had always envisioned... Doing a ski report that starts with Jane's addiction, coming down the mountain, right? And then he got, and then he finally got to do it. And the, <gasps> the thing, the thing that that really sucked for him was he he really tried, uh, his heart and soul were in it, but his technical skills just weren't there. And so towards the end of our second year, so it's an associate's degree. So you're only in school for two years. So towards the end of the second year, that's when you're polishing up your demo tapes, you know, your on-air work, your production and things like that to start sending out to radio stations. His would periodically get worse because he didn't know how to save the tracks properly. So he would put something together. And I remember he did this one, this, so this was about around 2003 and like uh, the year before, I want to say was when Limp Biscuits' um, uh, Mission Impossible theme song came out. Right, and so you get the yeah. dun, dun dun dun, and he did this really cool thing where he was like doing it in stereo effect, where it's like bouncing from speaker to speaker, and it yeah. sounded great. Right. But then the next time you heard it, it was a little bit off, and then the next time you heard it, it was even more off, and like and things just got worse <laughs> as it went because he didn't know like and and he would come out just frustrated. He's like, I just don't get it. And we would try to help him, but he just he just right. could not grasp how to save this stuff. And he was also one of those right. guys. Now this is just like this is almost a little rock star one hundred and one here for you talking about the radio stuff. When you're producing a piece for radio, it can be anywhere from probably five seconds to thirty seconds. That's generally your timeline. And in that quick amount of time, you might have fifteen different ideas. Do one. Start with one. And then if that works, right. you can branch out to two. It starts to get cluttered. You go back to one, you keep the two, whatever it is. He would have fifteen ideas and try to cram them all into one thing. And yeah. so I, I at this point I was the program director of the station. And so I told him this because he had brilliant ideas. Like he he was a creative mind, but again, the technical aspect wasn't quite yeah,
0: there. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs>
1: so he ended up um he ended up um Coming to me like for some help, like hey, like what, what, what should I do here? And I told him, I'm like, this is a good idea, this is a good idea, and this is a good idea. They're all in one thing, so take that out and and do one piece with just yeah. that idea. And then yeah. he fucking nailed it, and it, and it yeah. sounded good. But then, of course, yeah. his technical aspect, not knowing how to save things, they all went down. No. Uh. Poor Eric Roberts, that guy was great. So anyway, yeah. uh, so the first video for the song Mountain Song, it was done without the band even knowing about it. Like the label kind of gave it to somebody and they're like, "Hey, here's a bunch of archived existing performance footage, put together a video." Band hated it. They're like, "We don't know what you did here. You guys didn't even talk to us about this." So then they ended right. up doing a second video that was uh, directed by Farrell.
0: Of course it was directed by Farrell and yeah. was that video any good?
1: I don't know. I don't even watch that one. I was too busy getting sucked into some of the other things, like acoustic versions of Jane Says. Because again, I really, really like Jane Says. The steel drums, everything. It's dope. Right.
0: <clears throat> track nine, c- continuing on that thread. Track nine from Nothing Shocking is Jane Says. The Jane in the song is the same Jane as the band name. Speaking of the song, Feral said, is it Feral or F- I just let's say Ferrell. Perry Farrell. Feral, Feral Feral, Feral. You Feral think it was Fox, Said that yeah, for, for Williams said that she did do most of what is sung about in the songs. She was dating an abusive man named Sergio who speaks her like this and that she, <laughs> she did wear wigs, but he also said that she never sold her body for sex. At that time in the interview that he revealed this, he also said that Jane had been clean for eight years and did eventually Get to go to Spain. Is that a line from the song? Because I don't get that reference.
1: Yeah, it's so in the song she talks about how she's gonna uh, she's gonna uh, bolt for Spain. Because remember the way the songs, Jane says, "I'm going with Sergio. He treats me like a rag doll." It's like, oh, so he's an abusive piece of shit. Yeah, that's actually. Have you seen my wig around? So yeah, she wore wigs. So this is where you need to write because we're like thirty minutes into this podcast and you haven't written, you haven't done a song yet. So you need to do a song about making it to Spain. Could you play? Um, the guitarist to Jane says, do you think? Like, do you know the song well enough? Because no, again, Shim hates can't. Jane's addiction. Fucking hates him. And
0: hates hey, man, I think i write another song. Oh my God, I'm sorry. I, that's the best. Like, what else? What else? That's what I fucking hear every time. As you were talking about, he, they, the lyric said this. The lyric said that. There's a the thing about a thing in Spain and Jane, and I'm like, all I hear is, eh, 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 "It's in Spain, it's Jane. you really I don't, don't
1: like Jane's. So I, I think I think it's I don't not that you like- don't like transition. You don't like Perry Farrell.
0: Correct. That's. This is the big discernation that I was talking about earlier. Before well, see, is that yeah, what you like, need to call this the, episode?
1: Just, it's the discernation.
0: Yeah. The, this, this Just because I don't like peripheral. and I just here's the thing. I am a stickler for vocalists. I like to, like, come on, come on, come on, just sing the fucking song. You know what I mean? Just sing the song. No, again, and that, and that
1: was and that was my major issue with how he just stood on the mic for 15 minutes yeah. and fucking moaned um, nonstop. So, yeah. Anyway, we're going to uh, we're counting down here. We're getting to the end of this episode, but we got to keep powering through here. So, the original recording of Jane says it actually featured bongos, and it was sung in a lower register. However, for nothing shocking, the version on that on the album they replaced the bongos with steel drums. Now I haven't done a deep dive yet. I'm pretty sure that somewhere out there they have an original version of Jane Says with the bongos. But I'm telling you, like that, that song, drums are I really, really, I like that. That song, like when they, especially when they go into it live, and then you get the steel drums playing and everything. Mm. I love it. When I saw it live, it was fucking terrible.
0: <laughs> well, look, they're one of the first bands that I can think of that put a steel drum in a song. And made it popularized, and and it worked in the song, and it was good. Like I remember when I you was listening one of the first to bands it, it wasn't Bob Marley, yeah. Or I think um, uh, uh, the, the Police, the Police did it in a few songs, and it and it worked well. And then that's about it. So like, to, that's that's good. Tip of the hat to be able to pull that off. That's what she said. But despite the turmoil after nothing shocking, the band went back into the studio and recorded. Which will ritual Navarro has said that he, mm, I lost my line, I lost the place. Navarro has said that he had almost no recollection of working on the album due to his addiction to heroin. Yep, that doesn't shock me at all. Is it the sort of record that you would want to remember? Because I know there are some records that I've made that I'd like to have just drunk my way through. Well, it's kind of like, um, I think it's pronounced The Amalgamate.
1: Um, the Filter album that came out in 2002, oh. I believe. Yeah. Uh, like Richard Patrick has admitted. He's like, I, because that, that was right around the time that he ended up getting sober. Like, you know, he has his sober date tattooed on his arm. Right. And, you know, interviewing him, which, by the way, he's cool as fuck. Um, right. He He has said, he's like, that's the album when I knew because I don't remember recording it. He goes, yeah. I don't really know what was going on. He was just in such a drunken haze that entire time that yeah. he, he doesn't really remember it. And so then after that was when he got sober, hence the reason he has the tattoo on his arm of the
0: date yeah. of uh, when he became sober. But going back to James. See, Dixon, I can right? understand. I, I've, I've got songs that I don't remember recording. I don't have a whole album. I think a whole album, like if you're drinking, you cannot remember songs. you got to be on heroin to not to <laughs> skip a whole album. <laughs>
1: Well, so the album is actually divided into two parts. Speaking of Ritual De Lo Habitual, the first being the first tracks one through five, they're basically just hard rock songs, unrelated. Ends with track five being Cot Stealing. Tracks six through nine are in memoriam of Farrell's deceased friend. Maybe girlfriend, I put in there because you kind of like. He, he definitely had one girlfriend, one main muse, so we're going to get to, um, I think, in the next episode. Uh, Because she pops up a lot. She was a major uh, kind of driving force with Perry Farrell. But Ziola Blue was the name of the person who passed away. She died of a heroin overdose in 1987. I've seen it listed. She was 18, 19. I can't lock down what the age was um, of her. But that's what tracks six through nine are for. And then uh, we're going to end this episode now. Because then from, uh, when we're coming up into the next episodes, we're going to do not a full breakdown like how we did with Alice Chains where it was like a song by song. We can get into it like specific songs here when it comes yeah. to Jane's Addiction's uh, Ritual de low Habitual. But on that note, I think we need to wrap up this song. Do you want to give us a quick little – because we've got to get two songs. And you only did one. Why do we got to get
0: two songs? We could, I'll do whatever. I'll do whatever. Yeah. Like... Dance monkeys. Here's the thing. I still
1: I, – I, just... I just need that little – what's that thing that that dude would play?
0: Oh, the, the, yeah, see the video, of both of us doing this. God damn it, yeah. It looks away. like we're eating. Oh, 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 oh. oh, oh. I, I what 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 am I to- oh, see, the thing, I can't do it on the last one, because that's about a lovely girl passing away. Um. I'm trying to think of Dave Navar, Dave Navar, anybody who's like, in-
1: Organ grinder. Sing a song about organ grinders
0: and grinder Can someone remind me Of the next line I'm pretty fucked up Someone told me I haven't written enough songs For the record Cause I was too drunk Now what line we're drunk fuck give me a drink spunk spunk okay i'll tell you what thunk this thunk. Is, oh i just dude stop thunk. everything i just had a great idea and i'm not even kidding this is a genuine idea this is what we're gonna do everyone listening to the podcast right now everyone especially watching on youtube write down what the last line should have been Help us with the algorithm. There you go. Write in what you would... What would the last line of the song have been? Go ahead and put it in there. And then if we get a couple of good ones, maybe we'll read it out in a future podcast. Hit us up. Do yeah, better so, than me. Go so for it. If
1: you, if you listen to the podcast, Spotify, Apple, or Google, make sure that you guys head over to YouTube so you guys can get on to the, uh, the comment section. You can skip right to this part of the podcast. Just make sure you go to yeah. my YouTube channel, not Jim's YouTube channel. Uh, go to at the real Brandalorian,
0: and then you can... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just realized I'm not putting these on my, we got to figure that out.
1: No, I thought thought you, I thought you guys were, I thought Don and Darlene were.
0: We are, are, yeah, we are. Oh, that's why you, anyway. So thank you very much for having, well, we we got to work that thing out. That's a whole behind the scenes thing. Um, We're going to be back uh, next week with the second half of Jane's Addiction. And I promise, I promise we will spend more time talking about Jane's Addiction. Uh. Well, just wrap it up. But in the meantime, his name is Brandon, he's the DJ. His
1: name is Shim, he's the rock star. Class dismissed. I don't know what I'm doing there. Recording stopped.
0: Oh, look is at that. Is it say recording stopped on your end?
1: Yeah, it does. Yeah. So the okay, people who so we're are tuning in for the that. encore, they're going to get to hear recording stopped. By the well, way, are we doing
0: an encore? or are We going straight to the thing. Well, we
1: I, well this will be a, a short. We got to do a little. Long.
0: We'll do a short encore.
1: We'll do a short encore because we're on tight on time and we got to start uh, banking episodes because I'm about to be on vacation coming up here. Yeah, in about a week or
0: so. But, but you're about to say funny thing. What?
1: Well, like I didn't know if I wanted to put it in the podcast or not. Um, but Dave Navarro, um, I'm trying to think of what his acting credits are because I know that he was in an episode of Sons of Anarchy. And it was fucking terrible. Like, he honest to God, it was like, oh my God, like, why the fuck are you putting this guy in there? He is an attractive man, though. I'll give him that. Like, holy crap. No,
0: this is the thing. He's supposed to be... He's He's 54 years old. He looks good for 54. He still looks the same. But he has been genetically engineered by God to be a rock star. He is everything a rock star should be. He plays guitar really well, and he doesn't do anything else. He plays guitar and, and writes songs and writes guitar parts, and that's good. And then he looks phenomenal and he lives in Dave Navarro land. He lives in the land that Dave Navarro built. Yeah. He should. And so exiting that land doesn't work. Like if you see Dave Navarro flipping burgers in a McDonald's, it doesn't add up. If you see him packing groceries, if you see him, uh, you know, behind a computer editing videos or doing anything that's not fucking standing on a stage playing guitar. And paying attention to how sexy you look. That's the only thing that Dave Navarro should do. He does it better than everyone else. So you do it. I think that that's one of the things.
1: I think that's one of the things too, why I just, I wasn't a big fan of when they were live and you summed it up in the last, in this episode, it was, he seemed more concerned with how he looked. Yeah, it was like I got to I got to make sure that I'm showing off how ripped I am, and it's just me being jealous though. So I mean, you can kind of take that if you want.
0: Here's the thing: I remember looking at him going, "Yeah, you look great, cool," but then I'm a guitar player, so I'm watching the guitar and I'm thinking, "Man." I want to see how he does a couple of these things that I've heard on the record. And then you were
1: mesmerized by his nipple rigs.
0: Yeah, and then the, and the, you'd look at the guitar and there'd be this shiny thing in the peripheral and you'd be like, nipple, uh, guitar. Okay, how does he? Pedals, nipple. Uh, fuck, wait, what, what pedal did he just hit? Nipple. Ah, sh- forget it.
1: Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. All right, well, we got to record the second episode, so let's start that. All right. One. So this encore is now over. I'm just going to keep recording too. I'm not even going to. Cool.
0: So we'll right. count
1: it down here. and. Three.
0: Two. Ah, oh, man, you know what? I'm gonna take a 30 second piss break. Otherwise, I'll be holding it all episodes. Sorry.
1: <sighs> all right. So this seconds. is going to be extended in the uh, the encore. You guys get a little more encore here. So uh, if you guys would like, you could check out our social medias. You can find me over on Instagram at the Real Brand Lori and same for my YouTube channel, and uh, same for my Facebook page. You guys can check all that stuff out. If you guys want to find Shim, S H uh, I M is how you find him, or at Shim More. Uh, I, I think his YouTube channel is actually at ShimOn more so if you guys want to check that out you guys are more than welcome to do that oh and i think i'm going to go back to doing my solo podcast although it's not gonna be a solo podcast because uh, a couple of guys are gonna be doing it with me because i've had people message me i was doing that solo podcast uh after um i was let go from the morning show and uh, there's that green fucking light man jesus christ he went from red to green lights um so uh yeah, we're thinking about revitalizing that thing. I just got to figure out a format, how long we're going to do it, and all that other shit. See, now I hear Shim's back. So now the uh, encore is over. Okay, bye, everybody.
0: Oh, fine. All right, you're right.
1: Oh, wait, hold on. And for any- So hold on, the-, the encore's not over. So anybody who would want to find that podcast, you can find it inside the Misunderstood Imagination and Nonsensical Deliberations of Brandon Coates. Wow. You're welcome. Hey, am I glitching and stopping on your end? No. No, but that Good. green light will flash up every now and then you have a green light to go yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not distracting. I think it's kind of cool, actually.
0: Yeah, Dave Navarro was in a
1: whole... He was in four episodes of Sons of Anarchy. I Imagine him. I was like, are I'm, you
0: recording yet?
1: Are, are you recording? I haven't
0: stopped. I haven't
1: stopped. Here, let's... Imagine start, Dave... Start, Amanda, start, no, no, but seriously. Start, stop, stop. We're going to start. Go we're going to start recording. Okay. <laughs> Three, two...